You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lonsford. I am one of your hosts for this wonderful podcast, uh, but I'm also the editor-in-chief of our website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Check it out when you get a chance. Lots of great content, uh, lots of great podcasts. In fact, our very own Chelsea House just reviewed season two of The Witcher, which you guys can check out. Be careful, there are spoilers, so if you haven't watched the whole season, you might want to do that first before you read her uh, kind of review and recap. Joining me on this podcast, as always, I have my two stalwart co-hosts. You know him, you love him. He's a wonderfully talented musician. You can catch his stuff on Bandcamp, where you know he can make a little money if you throw him uh, throw him a few uh, few uh, ducats uh, whenever you get a chance. But also, too, he's got his own podcast here on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. It's called The Overflow. His name is MC Brooks. Never too late to reinvent the bicycle. <laughs> We've, uh, I'll have to get context on that later. <laughs> um, I also... Or we, we as a group, also have another co-host that you know and you love. Um, he has just an incredible talent when it comes to art, visual art. Like, he's actually been incredibly helpful to me in learning how to do digital art. Uh, he's got his own Etsy shop. Uh, you can find his stuff on... Do you still have the Facebook page, Rambo? The Art of James Rambo? I mean, it exists. I haven't touched it in months, if not a year or two. Okay. But it's still there. He still does. It's still there. Yes. He, he, he makes beautiful art, but also he makes beautiful words. They come out of his mouth. Uh, he's incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to all things comic book, all things TV, movie, geeky. So much so that we dubbed him the professor. Professor James Rambo. I'm tenured. <laughs> we also have a special guest uh, coming back for her 50 billionth episode that she's been on some form of GGR pirate radio. Uh, she, this... This lady, let me tell you, when I think that she is not going to be able to have another skill set, she blows me away because she does something else that's amazingly creative. Uh, when it comes to visual art, she's great at visual art. She sings. Uh, she does podcasts. Uh, she writes. Um, I don't know what thing she can't do is the best way to put it that way. Uh, her name is Jay Dilla. I cannot do a cartwheel, so... That's that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't think I could either, like, at this point. Nope. But it's also because I'm old and fat, so I got that going against me. My elbows don't lock. So it would just you would do it, and it would just be, like, noodly, and your arms would just flail, and, like... Mm, basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to see that. Yeah, I can't. Um, when I, like, stretch my arms out, they don't go completely straight. That's... So anyway. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I, I feel like there was a joke in there, but I'm going to leave that one. Yeah, there was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
arms don't go completely straight. I mean, well, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of fits with you, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> we've got a wonderful podcast in store for you. Uh, oh yes, and and MC informed me that the the it's um, never too late to reinvent the bicycle. Or was that the lyric? I just botched it again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. right. It's, yeah, system yeah. of a down lyric. It's a system of a down lyric. Um, I I always liked System of a Down. And it wasn't until recently that I, I mean, I always knew that they were political, but like for whatever reason, I really started listening to the lyrics more. And I was like, man, there's some, like, they did not hold back at all. Like they really like were like in your face about shit. And I, I just appreciate it way more than I did when I was younger. So shout out to System of a Down. I, they really haven't put any new music out in a long time, have they? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I really, I really haven't been keeping keeping track. The last thing I really remember was um, there being like a lot of internal conflict because of of uh, one of the members being, I think, pro Trump. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so, like, that's the last thing I really remember. And I, I didn't even follow up on this story to really know, like, like what happened in the aftermath of that. Yeah, I do remember hearing that. I want to say it was like the drummer or something like that. But yeah, no, I do remember hearing that. Um, so this is a really, really good segue for us here because we're talking about music right now. Uh, let's continue to talk about music because um, this episode we're going to be it, – it's going to be mostly a current events kind of grab bag thing here. One of the things that has been a constant for us here on GGR Pirate Radio and at the diner as an extension is we love talking about pop culture, especially like when it comes into like nostalgic things that we grew up with. And if you were looking for a perfect distillation of kind of what we were talking about on the cold open, where we were talking about soulless corporations, um, one of the things that has tied in recently in the last, I'd say like 10 to 15 years, is every corporation is doing every single thing that they can to squeeze and wrench out every ounce of nostalgia we have for our childhood. Because the current world blows, and it's a horrific hellscape nightmare on a regular basis. So how are you going to fix that? Let's just tap into the nest, that nostalgia that we have from our childhood. The recent announcement of the When We Were Young Festival, I wanted to go into that. I only know a little bit about it. I just know that there was like, I don't know, like 8 billion bands that they listed. I want to pass this over to my two music experts. When I have questions about music, I go to these people. And that's MC and Jess. Tell me a little bit about this festival and like what you guys know about it. It seems like it's a scam. There's no way they're going to fit this many people into a, a festival like this. But also, too, it's like it's like two hundred and twenty five dollars a ticket. Is that right? Um, that's starting. that's before. Yeah, that's starting that. And that's before taxes and any other fees that they come with it. And that the fees themselves are around. They're over one hundred dollars for the fees. So, um. They did say tickets starting at 19.99, but then it says down after that. So you can put money down on the ticket. But um, what's interesting is, in, in regards to the tickets themselves, um, it starts around 245 dollars. But that's for the general admission. And something that's interesting to me um, uh, that I noticed early on about these different tickets. Uh, tiers is um, the general admission does not include access to the restrooms. Wait, what? Yeah. So how is that even? How is that even legal? To, I'm you have assuming to pay more to to 
pee? I'm assuming that they probably have like because number ooh. two costs even more money. <laughs> I'm Double, assuming they're gonna have porta potties set up most likely, but they do. I know the grounds has like air conditioned, like bathrooms and so if you look at the tickets um the general admission of course is like the performances um buying food from vendors and then like concessions and band merch which literally is just like going there um but then general admission plus has all of that plus air-conditioned restrooms specifically stated so it would go to reason that if you just got general admission, you would not be able to use the nice bathroom. You need to use the stinky porty potty. If you want to piss, <laughs> if you want to piss and shit in the air conditioning, you're going to yeah. have to pay an extra two hundred dollars. Lord, that is something else. Yeah, MC, what were you going to say? Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I just think I'm. Is this yeah. is, is this as bad as it seems? Because it seems ridiculous. Like it seems like this this is just like an outright like there, there's no way that this is gonna be. Well, and I was and I was reading stuff that like they were saying that like half the bands were like, uh, what we're gonna we're playing this? I didn't even realize that we well, were scheduled to do this. More, well, more of what it was was um, it, it was more like bands signed up like agreeing to to do a festival not knowing there were like 60 other people that were also going to be performing at this festival. Right. Oh, shit. And at first, the issue, I, and like I posted about this, like the issue was it was a one-day festival with 64 bands in three stages. And doling that out time-wise, if every single band got the same amount of time, they would have 30 minutes or less yeah. to play play a set. But that's not with My Chemical Romance and Paramore headlining, yeah, he which... Go ahead. No, no, go, you, you're on the right track. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, headliners typically have more time. They, I, I think that they released that the headliners were going to have an hour of playtime. So that <laughs> that's going to be like 20, 15, 20 minutes per, per band that's going. And it was in one day. And so that's kind of what everybody was like. There's literally no way and obviously with this show you if it was just the one day then you would have to just pick every uh, with most festivals you have to pick who you who takes precedence on who you want to see but for three hundred dollars and not being able to use an air-conditioned bathroom realistically moving from stage to stage you'd only be able to see like three bands <laughs> pretty much and, and like anyone who's ever gone to like any sort of outdoor festival where there's any kind of music performing, like this sounds like a logistical nightmare because you you need to give yourself time because there's likely going to be tech issues for one or multiple people performing. You don't know if speakers are going to go out, how the lighting situation. Like there's a lot of stuff you have to like take into account when you're when you when you are going to go perform at these festivals when you're going to go run one of these festivals. And this literally seems like they're just cramming everyone into like a 10 hour. I don't even know how long, how long the thing is, but they're cramming all of these groups in without taking into account that they're probably going to have issues. Because like with this, the, the three stages thing, which they have, they have since updated to say that there are just multiple stages instead of saying that there's only three. 
Um, but they're saying that it's multiple stages and they're going to be rotating stages, which I'm not sure how exactly that's going to work. Yeah, and also the, the thing is, is they're pulling at nostalgia here. I mean, I think MC and I both we uh, ha, we had talked about this um, a little bit already, but like a day to remember, one of but literally yeah. one of my favorite bands. I have them, I have their lyrics tattooed right across my chest. Um, they're and like they knew exactly the audience that they wanted to pull and with COVID happening and everybody being inside and not having much, like this is some, if this show happened, this is the dream lineup. I'll just be honest. This is absolute with bright eyes being there. And of course my chemical romance and Paramore, they weren't putting out new music. Paramore's been putting out new music uh, more recently than My Chemical Romance, but right. My Chemical Romance had a reunion tour that they had to cancel because of it's COVID. been postponed. I, okay. I know because I, I have tickets. <laughs> and my okay. tickets are for, <laughs> for, for, for September of this year. They've been postponed two years now. Gotcha. So exact. So like, if people are gonna get the, if people didn't get those tickets, mm-hmm. then even if you did get the tickets, <laughs> then like, this is the chance to see them. And so like, at first it was one day and it was 11 hours. Um, and so I used to go to warp tour almost every year. Um, it, I, the first year I went, I think was like 2007 or 2008. Um, and that warp tour started becoming kind of like a well-oiled machine um, they, they knew how to, obviously there's always going to be some issues, like you said, technical issues, um, et cetera, but this not even looking at like the issues that live nation has had, um, this is something that should be taking place over two days, minimum, minimum, um, because warp tour had like eight stages at the one that I went to. Um, it was huge. And even moving around that festival was difficult because of how many people there were. So then, um, when we were young releases, Hey, guess what? Everybody we're adding another day. And I was like, you know what? That helps. I mean, I'm not going, but <laughs> that helps my anxiety for other people um, going because then they can choose like, okay, so the bands that I want to see are going to be playing this day and not this day. And then I look and it is the same exact lineup for both days, all 64 bands playing both days. And it they ran out of tickets for the first day. So in my mind, I was like, okay, so maybe they don't want as much of a crowd. So they're, you know, they're going to split however many tickets they wanted to sell between the two days, right? Like that might make sense. No, they just sold the same amount of tickets for an entire second day. And I think that they keep seeing it. So obviously I don't know, maybe they planned this to build the hype around the one day and they keep adding days because that was in the plan already. They're like, we're going to drum up a bunch of talk about this, get people excited, think that it's super limited, then add a day and then add another. It's four days now, right, MC? It's two weekends. Uh, it's three. It's, th- it's right now. It's just three. They haven't added oh, a fourth okay. date, so it's just the the twenty second and twenty third, and then the twenty ninth. Okay. Yeah. But again, same. All sixty four bands. And another thing about 
the difference between like Warp Tour and this because that those are being compared a lot, like Warp Tour and When We Were Young. It's the same uh, kind of music, um, sort of. Um, <laughs> but it's that it's all in the same place, whereas Warp Tour was a traveling festival. So you wouldn't get as many people because it's not like people would be flying from New York out to Arizona to catch Warp Tour in Arizona. They'd wait until it came to them. But this is all in one place. Right. Where is it? And uh, Vegas. Vegas. Uh, It's in Vegas. So you know what it reminds me of? And I don't know, uh, MC, if you ever went to, or maybe Rainbow, you might have gone to it. But um, WHFS used to have the HF Festival every year. Yeah. And, like, it reminds me of that, except the HF Festival was a three-day thing. And, yeah. like, it was also, too, every day had different different uh, acts. Exactly. Yeah, that, and, and that's what I was going to bring up, because I went to the, the final the final uh, Warp Tour back in 2019, and I literally just counted. They had 51 bands, but across two days— so yeah. it, it it wasn't like they crammed all they crammed everyone in into one day and and that turned out to be a really good thing because there ended up being rainfall a storm on the beach which ended up delaying uh, some of the people who who were performing on the the first day of the festival. But the great thing about it is that all of all of like all of the people that they knew people were there to see because I, I did I did get to see a day to remember and the offspring and Blink One Eighty Two like they were able to have these these long set lists where they they were able to play all of the music that they know people from you know wherever from whichever album or project they discovered them they were able to play stuff from that and it didn't it wasn't like oh yeah no do you remember you get 30 minutes have, have fun with that offspring 30 minutes have fun with that like it it it, it, it makes it if they split like, like i said that one was just 51 bands with more than three stages across two days yeah this tour wants to have 66 bands with two headliners performing on back-to-back days and in back-to-back weekends right yeah that's it it just seems it seems a lot and the one thing that i saw that was that, that made me laugh was like oh i see why they're doing this because this is the way for live nation to pay off all their astroland uh lawsuit money that they have to come up with and like it just kind of made me laugh i was like ah okay well there yeah. you go yeah I will also say something that I've seen is like nostalgia is a powerful thing. Like yeah. I saw these bands and MC, it sounds like you did too, when they mm-hmm. were like in their prime, like when they were releasing music, um, when emo was a thing <laughs> yeah. still. When it, when it was a more um, prominent, a more prominent genre than what it is now. Right. Exactly. And like this is not me trying to like be like ageist or saying that like these bands can't do great things, but it's not going to be the show that it was <laughs> when you in 2008. Like uh, or oh, it's like exactly. seeing, it's like seeing the Rolling Stones now. Like you yeah. know, right? Like yeah, sure, they're still the Rolling Stones, but they're not the Rolling Stones of the 70s. Like let's, right. let's yeah. And I'm not trying, because, like, I do think if it does work out, I think this could be a, an amazing show. I mean, I this would, like I said, it's the dream lineup. So if it works yeah. out and it's a good time, then hell yeah, I think that it would be worth the $300 um, for the ticket. I do. But I don't see that happening. And I don't see, because realistically, a lot of these bands do still tour. So many me, of them are on, are on tour and coming off, because I, I think Census Fail has a tour. Later this year, my, my chem will 
you know, COVID, uh, depending on how COVID is, Mike Kim will be on their tour and taking a break from it to perform at this. Right. And so, like, to me, I'm like, okay, $300 for this to potentially be a disaster. Um, or you could spend the $300 to see just as many bands that you're going to be able to see at this festival um, by themselves and for longer sets and not as horrible of an experience as this might be. So that that's my, like, if I wanted to see A Day to Remember and My Chemical Romance and, like, a few other bands, I could do that for $300. Yeah. It, I don't know. Maybe I've gotten old. I mean, no, I definitely have. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I, I think back to these, like, because HF Festival used to be all Memorial Day weekend, right? And no, it was two days. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke before when I said it was three days. It was two days. It was the no, Saturday. originally it was one. Originally it was one day. It was a big damn deal when they went to two. Yeah, I think it was like uh, early 2000s when they didn't went to two. Yeah, which makes sense because I would have started. I, I my first one was I think 99, and then 2000. Yeah, yeah, I went 99, 2000, 2001. Yeah, um, and then I did a few of them after that too. But like, I can't swing that anymore. When I was a kid, I could, you know, it was fun. You know, you're outside all day, you know, like dehydrated as shit, seeing like 8 yeah. billion bands. Like, I don't want to do that shit now. Like, if I want to go see a show, I want to go sit down. Like, let me have somewhere to sit. I don't want to stand in a fucking parking lot at RFK <laughs> watching a band. Like, give me a comfortable seat to sit in. Well, like, it's I'm interesting <laughs> you say that because the, the list of things that you can bring and that are not allowed is absurd for this festival. Yeah. Um... There, there's so many things about what you can and can't bring. And one of those things is a chair. You're not allowed <laughs> to bring like a fold up chair, Mike. So it's definitely <laughs> out of the question for you. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no cameras with removable lenses. Um, can't take pictures. No. Only with right. your cell phone. Right. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing up the list right now because I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like it's that's the other thing too is like the 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 crowd that they're catering to for the most part. It just seems I don't know there there's a certain amount of folk that that I know that that listen to music like this and they're not the type of people that have disposable income where they can spend a thousand dollars you know, to, to go see a show of all of their favorite bands. And it just, it, it, yeah. seems, it seems odd too, because like, this seems like a young person um, purchase. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it's funny you mentioned that too, because they do have a lot of really more recent acts that are on here. Um, like neck deep, um, like uh, meet me at the altar, uh, I think his name is Jaden JXDN. I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't I don't listen to him, so I'm not sure. Um, and there, there's someone else on here who I know got really big from TikTok. Uh, Royal um, and the Serpent. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's, and it's, oh yeah. Like, I heard one of their songs on. Uh, yeah. Like I. It was on uh, DC 101, and I was like, oh, this this is actually kind of a dope song. But like, they're gonna be there too. That doesn't really fit. But okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like in like in theory, this sounds like it'd be great. You know, you'd be able to bridge the gap among emo fans from you know legends of the genre from 20 years ago to uh, folks who are kind of yeah. break who are kind of in that lane now. 
You're but it's not even being yeah. marketed like that. It's like, hey, remember all those groups you liked? We're gonna all one day just here for you. Like if you if you had told me this in like high school or like college, yeah, I would have been down for this. I would have found three hundred dollars to to go to this concert. Nowadays, yeah, no, this this doesn't sound like it's like it's right at all. Yeah, so for the allowed and prohibited, so there are no backpacks, purses, or bags allowed to be brought into the venue unless <laughs> the bag is clear plastic. Um, there is no audio recording devices, no blankets, no beach towels, no chairs, no chain wallets. Um, and I'm going, I'm going to skip the things like no fireworks or explosives. Like, yeah, no shit. Um, no chain wall cuts out like half the audience. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, no. the, the fucking audacity to take away my chain wallet from me. No pants, <laughs> no underwear, no shirts. Right. No, no glass, no glass or metal shirts. containers, <laughs> no glow sticks or led love gloves. Um, what no mesh bags. <laughs> yep. Uh, no Sharpies, markers, or paint pens, no selfie sticks, tripods, or narcissists. Literally, it says that on there. <laughs> um, I, can, I got that, are you, I got, are I got you, are you going to be them, banning man. some of these bands from performing? Right, yeah. Performing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's I like the, for them. If they're like no narcissists, like that, you, well, you're going to lose a lot of, of yeah. Yeah. That's like a meme I saw of it where it's like the We Were Canceled tour and it's all the bands on the list who have been yeah. called out for sexual assault. <laughs> and yeah. it's oh, most yeah, of Yeah, the them. When They Were Young. I, ha I have that meme. When, you, when They Were Young, yeah, fucking... Uh, oh, okay, okay, that's what it was. But oh, yeah. God damn, that band. Doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's just a lot about it that... Um, Again, I think that people do kind of jump to the conclusion, like, this was thrown together very quickly. This is something that is going to be... I do think this has been planned in advance. Oh, it had to have ex, been. The extra days were definitely something that had been planned, and they released it um, to build up more hype and continue hype around it. I just think that, realistically, the bottom line is that many bands um, performing every single day um just isn't realistic uh i i don't think it'll be a fun time i think mike kind of like what you said i think if i was like 18 yeah i probably would be like you know what yeah, this is I, would, I have the energy yeah. for this i would i uh, would sell my soul i would quit my job i wouldn't give a shit i would find a way to get there but yeah no not now they're they're catering this to adults and adults who are living in a fucking pandemic who wear right how many people have lost their goddamn jobs? Like this is part of me wants right. to say that this is a really fucking tone deaf idea because yeah. it's just like, Hey, let's, let's squeeze every ounce out of people that we possibly can to give them the tiniest bit of dopamine to see some bands that uh, they enjoyed when they were a kid. And then like, Oh, but it's cool. When you get back, you're going to get foreclosed on your house. Cause you weren't able you know, to make your house payment. You know, it's just like, you know, the best way that you can, that you can do this and do it safely. Just do a virtual. Yeah, exactly. That, have, have, I, have people pay yes. for, ac for for access to the Zoom or the stream where 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 it'll be happening, and if you you can e you can even have it uh, set up so that you know it the, like multiple bands are performing at once, and you can just you can you can choose like a room to go to to watch this stage perform or this stage. Like they had they had this going for Magfest um, a few weeks ago. Um, uh, uh, if you wanted to catch people on the main stage performing or one of the side stages or or even in the lounge area. They had they had it set up so you you had access to it. They should do something like that for this. Just make it just make the entire festival virtual. 
Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I mean, I won't pay three hundred dollars for it, but I wouldn't mind paying <laughs> something to, you know, to to watch this live. Like, yeah, I posted. I posted that I would spend fifty dollars, <laughs> which to me is a lot for a for an online experience like that. But I would probably pay close to a hundred dollars. Um, like pay per view back in the day, you know. Right, where you can, yep. like you said, MC, like choosing which camera you want to see or like having specific cameras on each stage and you can choose which stage you want to look at. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I've thought the same thing. But honestly, if anyone's listening and you're so bummed out about not going to this or you have reservations, listen, I had found something that gave me probably more dopamine than going to this festival and it is still like an a small event thing that is most likely in your city. So just keep in mind that like depending on your feelings about COVID and going out and stuff, it is like an in-person thing. But emo karaoke night, I went to that uh, in 2019. Yeah, emo karaoke night. And it they have a live band that performs all of these band songs like Bayside was playing they did um some 41 Jimmy Eats World like they they know all of the songs and you can sign up to sing karaoke with a live band that's awesome with with any emo song that you want and the like when I the crowd and it wasn't even like it, it was at the canal club I don't know if any of you guys have, have been down here and been to the canal club it's pretty small um but like it, it didn't even matter that it wasn't the band singing it you could scream your heart out in the audience and everybody was having such a good time that it was it was amazing so uh i know that they are i think they're mainly on the east coast so look it up on facebook emo karaoke night it was yeah, the time but- of my life <laughs> oh, yeah, I, and I went, I went to something similar last year. Uh, it's called Sad and Bougie, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is which was which was which was held at, at uh, I think the Anthem in DC. It's, it's one of the new it's uh, one of the new venues down in the Wharf area. Um, and I, I, I won't even lie, I was I was very nervous about going to this event because it was one of the first times I ventured out like after being vaccinated and being in the house for 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 forever. And I went to this event by myself too. Um, really just because I wanted to get out the house. And I, I had been to Sad and Bougie events before. I went to a couple of them in Baltimore, which uh, are very similar to what you described, Jess. It's not karaoke, but it's, it's like a DJ that's just playing all of the music. And everyone's singing along anyway because we all uh, really love this, love the um, really love the songs. Like we, um, the event I went to last year, like he started playing uh, If It Means A Lot To You. And oh like just just cut it off because literally everyone was just singing it word for word a cappella anyway. You I couldn't feel even like hear I could the music. Burst into tears right now thinking about that. <laughs> it, it was it was like I need to find I did because I got I got video of it because it was it was dope seeing everyone uh seeing everyone just singing in unison, like even without right. like, even without hearing the music in the background. But yeah, like I, that that's pretty much how like how I've been getting my like my my emo life in the last couple years right. is finding these little events to, to to go to where I can sing and be among kindred spirits who also like enjoy all of this music we grew up with. See, and ultimately, I feel like that is part of the nostalgia where when when this is popular and when we were younger, we were like the outcasts. Like it wasn't cool 
to to like this music. <laughs> um, and so at that point, you're seen as outcast and you find this camaraderie and people who have the same taste of music as you and go to the same shows as you and obviously have like the same interests as you. That's how friendship right. works. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that how friendships work. <laughs> right. I think that right now there is such a need for that community and people because of COVID and it's taking everybody who was kind of in that social circle back to that time in their lives when they really oh, yeah. needed that, that support and, and those friends that were in that circle. So it's kind of, you know, taking you back to that place and healing your inner child, if you will. Um, it, right now when things are really difficult with COVID and um, people are not doing well mentally, people being me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and finding that community again, I think is what's driving so many people and why this is blown up so much is because it's like, I like needing to find that again and being in a place where everybody can sing every word to the song. And there, I know that you can relate to this MC because when I was doing, when I did the emo karaoke night, they played um, my chemical romance, um, Helena. Uh, and yes. Me. I remember when it got to the chorus of it, everybody was screaming and we were headbanging. And like, I remember feeling like I made connections with people in that moment, just like there's such an overwhelming emotional attachment. And Mike and Rambo, I know that you guys have talked about this, but like the emotional attachment to music in itself, but then enjoying that with other people, but just so freely and passionately, um, is something that a lot of people haven't had in a very long time due to COVID. So like, I do see why people are, um, so, so interested in going to this and everything. I just wish that it was safer and a more realistic experience uh, for them. Yeah, 1000%. Like I, I, um, my first warp tour was 07 and I went, I went in Elizabethtown, New Jersey with uh, my buddy from college and like, I just, me and him just recently reconnected over Twitter and we were just like, when we when we saw this festival, cause we were like, bro, this was like 15 years ago, this would have been really fucking awesome to go to. Right. Because I, because like, I remember, like I still look back fondly, not only upon my first one, but just like every like major uh, warped tour and festival that I've been to since literally for that, like being able to go in, like go into the pit when Atreyu was uh, performing or as I lay dying, which yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> um, being able, like, uh, getting, uh, being able to see Paramore before they like had blown the fuck up, like the ne the next year, <laughs> and what, like, and seeing Coheed before Claudio unfortunately cut his hair, uh, yeah. the original iteration of Escape the Fate since its fate, like, and and just bonding with people who had never met, and many of which I will never see again just over like these new bands, these, these, well, not new bands, these, these are these groups, these, these bands that meant a lot to us that just kind of were there for us when we didn't have friends or family we could rely on, or that just really spoke to you at a super difficult time. Like, yeah, I miss that. I, I it's part, it's one of the, it's one of the reasons I, I love going to festivals in general or going to conventions, uh, like all the conventions I go to, because you're able to form those bonds with people that, you know, you probably will never see again. It's yeah. like in that moment you you have, you know, you know we're 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 here hitting the same emotional notes to My Chemical Romance, 
or Hailstorm or, you know, Pierce the Veil or, you know, insert group here. Right. Yeah. No, it's I I, I totally get the feeling. I, I, I totally do. I remember being sweaty and gross and being like, I can't believe there's a million people pressed up against me right now as I am at the front of the gate um, right in front of the stage. Um, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. And then audio slave coming on and being like, this is amazing. It's rage <laughs> against the machine, but with Chris Cornell singing, this is the dopest shit ever. And like everybody, like people like pushing each other and fighting each other. And then the music starts and everybody just chills and everybody yeah. like that, you know, the colloquial term now would be everybody is kind of vibing, but like, that's what it was back then too. Like everybody was just like, everybody just shut the fuck up and they just in, enjoyed the music. And like, I do miss that to a certain degree, but also there's the 39 year old me. That's just like, I don't want to have to deal with all the shit that led up to that. So like I get, I get both sides of it. I really do. And like, I just, this just doesn't seem right because that's right. the other thing too, is you want to know what I didn't have to deal with in 2003, the fucking pandemic. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if anybody listening is, is going, um, just be safe, be smart yeah. about it. Um, okay. I, I definitely, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's worth it to go. Um, personally, I think that alone with the pandemic, everybody's so pent up. I saw some people saying that it's going to be comparable to um, Woodstock 99. And I'm like, I hope not. Uh, I, more like Firefest. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Or um, there was another festival. I can't remember what the name of it was, um, where like only 25% of the musicians, it wasn't um, like a rock. I think it was more. Was it, uh, was it Lovers and Friends? Yes. The, the yes. Lovers and Friends one that I think was yeah. in Virginia Beach, I, I believe. Yeah. Where they were holding it. Yeah. That was another thing that seemed too good to be true. And it was. So, um, yeah, just keep that in mind. Be smart with your money. Again, we're, I guess we're not the demographic, even though they like to pretend we are. But if I was 18, I would be like, I would be working at GameStop and I would be like, Mike, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Vegas for the weekend. <laughs> come back two weeks later and you'd be like hey so can i get a job again <laughs> that cool? so sometimes in life we make mistakes yeah. <laughs> no you just see me across the way working at journeys after that so <laughs> swaving hey <laughs> Jesus, i remember <laughs> when i went to my first concert which was hf festival 99 and it cost 36 dollars that's it. That's the whole story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. So it I, cost um, a tenth of, of the, the, the money, and I saw every band that I liked at the time. Yeah. I um I want to say it was – it would have been 2000, I think, or 2001. No, yeah, it was 2001. Um, I was waiting tables at Uno. Um, there was one in Woodbridge, and a buddy of mine – before my shift, like 20 minutes before my shift is like, hey, I got tickets to the HF Festival. You want to go? And I was like, oh, I got to work. And he's like, oh, just don't show up. And I was like, eh, fair enough. Like, <laughs> and like, boy, do I miss those days when you could just do irresponsible shit like that. When you're just like, yeah, I'm just not going to go to work. And 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 then and then what? I don't know. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I did that once in when I worked at Target in 2008, and then ended yeah. up running into my manager at the, <laughs> at the thing I called out of work for. Hey guy, <laughs> I've recovered. Yeah. yeah. Funny thing is, he ended up calling out too. So we were just like, okay, just just don't just don't say anything. Like, I didn't see you. You didn't see me here. I will not share your secret. <laughs> <laughs> Mutual, yeah, mutual self-destruction, basically. <laughs> if we tell on each other, we're both boned. Yeah. Um, so I want to tie this in to um, the fact that, like, nostalgia. This is this is the perfect opportunity. Like, we're, we're going to um, go off on a, on a quick tangent here. We're not going to spoil it much. Um, but Rambo and I um, we're, we have both been watching uh, the book of Boba Fett. On Disney Plus, and the most recent episode that came out, and Rambo, I want to—I just want to hear you kind of vent this as well because I know we feel the same way about this. <sighs> This—I've never seen an episode of a show that was so good, but also so fucking nonsensical and insulting at the same time. Like, if, if you guys aren't familiar, basically, the Book of Boba Fett has been catalog, uh, like cataloging the adventures of one of the most mysterious, but also like fan favorite characters in Star Wars. And that's Boba Fett, who, as we talked about in the last episode um, or last week's episodes, basically only had like seven minutes of screen time in the original trilogy. And like, they've built an entire narrative around him in all of the extra things. There've been extra books and there's been comic books and there's been um, TV series, like the, uh, the cartoon series and stuff like that, where you've gotten little bits and pieces of who this character is, but never really delving into it. We saw him in The Mandalorian, in season two of The Mandalorian, and he was a badass, right? And now he's got his own series. And he's kind of taking a completely different shift as far as a character. And a lot of people are pissed about that. Me personally, I think it's fun. I think, okay, cool. You know, we get to see something different. However, how I felt last week is not how I feel now. Because what they've done with this show and having an entire episode devoted to a different character that has his own show. Like this last episode was literally it's an what an hour long or it's like 47 minutes or something like that. Right. It was 47 minutes of Din Djarin, the main character of The Mandalorian. And you only get the name Boba Fett in the last five minutes of the episode where another character mentions his name. So this was an entire episode about a different character who has their own show. And like, again, it was, it would have been a great episode of the Mandalorian, but like, I don't understand what they're trying to do with this. Why would you do this? Why would you spend an entire 47 minutes of a show that only has two episodes left after this, when you still needed to build more character around Boba Fett? Why would you do all of this just to, I, like, I literally don't even have words because it didn't make any goddamn sense. I literally was like, is Boba Fett going to show up? Is he he's not going to do anything? Because honestly, I figured when like all the fighting was going on, Boba was going to show up and be like have Mando's back. And they were going to like dap each other up. And they'd be like, yo, Mando bros. And like it was going to be a whole thing. <laughs> like that, that's what I figured was going to happen. I was like, when's Mando going to – it was like that fucking episode of The Simpsons with Poochie when they had to get rid of him. <laughs> when they had to get rid of Poochie. And, like, Milhouse is watching it, and he's like, when are they going to get to the fat? Like, the whole thing. Like, the whole time I'm like, when is Boba Fett going to show up? And it never fucking happens. And then we get to the end of the episode, and I was like, okay, that was cool, but that was also a complete and utter waste. 
Like I've, I've never been this confused by what Star Wars is actually doing. And like, I have to be careful with this too, because there are a lot of hateful Star Wars fans out there. Fuck Nobody them. hates Star Wars. Exactly. No, <laughs> nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. But like, I was, th- I don't get it. I don't get what they're doing here. Do they dislike? Does Does Dave Filoni and John Favreau do they dislike Boba Fett this much that this is what they're doing with him? They're like, ah, fuck it. Let's tell a Mando story. Like, it just, it's so strange. I, I don't understand the point of this at all. Rambo, what, what say you about this? Yeah, man, it it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, there, my friend Sydney made a very good point about this, where she said, "This is just further evidence that they didn't want to make a Boba Fett show; they wanted to make more Mando. So just make more Mando. Just do that. The only thing I can figure, in terms of like a practical reason for these decisions." is maybe COVID got in the way of things. Maybe it like threw up some roadblocks for them. Because um, you know, not not dissimilar from like WandaVision, like, you know, Dr. Strange was supposed to show up, but Benedict Cumberbatch was in the UK and he literally could not get over to the States to film the scenes. Um, it would have been funny if they had just done like a Zoom with Dr. Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this working? Um, hello? Um, I'm bored with Boba Fett. Yeah. I am aggressively bored. I would be fine. I'm, I'm, I want very much this to be the unforgiven situation where we're going to get to the last couple episodes and he's going to be like, okay, I tried to be friends. I tried to like build my new family but you motherfuckers don't want to listen. So here's how this is going to go. And he just wrecks shit and establishes himself as a crime lord. But the thing is, he doesn't want to be a crime lord. I think that's never been his fucking goal, near as I can tell. And so they're just having him go through these weird motions for some reason? Um... And it's it's really frustrating because none of it seems to be very engaging. Like there is there is a very valid uh, reaction to weak criticism where when you know someone's not getting punched in the face, oh this is a filler episode, this is boring. Like that's bullshit. You should be able to be engaged by character development and you know exposition that isn't in your face and and decent storytelling without there being an action sequence every two seconds but those things have to be engaging with the audience they have to be things that keep your interest and and you know make you excited about what's going on keep like 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 are in fact interesting and And additionally Good. Like it needs to be character building for characters that are on the fucking show. Uh-huh. It is really frustrating that Fennec Shand was more engaging in a minute of screen time at the end of that episode than she has been in most of the Book of Boba Fett. And 
I don't really understand. I, I think I just I, it's it's just confusing as shit to me. Filoni and Favreau are both very talented filmmakers. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is clearly someone who knows how to uh, uh, tell good, interesting action sci-fi stories. Because she's done, like, she directed this last episode, and she has directed some of the most interesting and most exciting episodes of Mando. Yep. Um, the one with the ATST walker that I, yeah. like, that was her, and that was a fucking Fuck yeah. And, like, the, the, yeah, the fucking angles on things, and, like, the way she frames things. Yeah, it's, it's... I, it's like her dad was a director or something, Jesus. Yeah, it's like it's almost like she has. <laughs> um, it is the best thing about this most recent episode is also the worst thing, which is it is so good in doing all the things it wants to do and sets out to do that it makes the entire rest of the show look like shit. Yeah, because it highlights every problem. Oh, uh, to get to my point uh, pre previous um, about the, you know, people bitching about, like, oh, it's boring. Um, if you're going to do things that aren't action-packed, you have to engage your audience. Yeah. And this episode managed to do that. Like, there are plenty of action sequences. But even the scenes that where things weren't happening, like, they are building tension. And, the, like... like you know, honestly, I think part of it is Pedro Pascal is just a better actor than Tamar Morrison. Yeah. And you, there is an air, even though we know what, what Din Djarin looks like, even though we know what Pedro Pascal looks like, there is still an air of mystery when he is in his full costume. Yeah. And so much of Boba Fett has Morrison with his helmet off. And he just ends up looking like an old dude. Yeah. <laughs> just like some guy. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I just don't give a shit. I just, you haven't made me care. He hasn't done enough to be intimidating. That's the other thing too is, and that's, that's one of those things where it's almost funny too, because it's almost realistic where it's like every person that, you know, like you just, I don't know, you just see some guy at work and you're like, man, Look at that guy. Look at the way he's dressed, the way he carries himself, like never says anything. That guy looks like a badass. And then you talk to him and he's a fucking nerd. Nothing wrong with that because we're all nerds here. But still, it's just like, <laughs> oh, well, you're not nearly as intimidating as I thought you were. You just want to you want to pet a rancor on its head and be like, I want to ride this around like it's a fucking pony. Like, it's like, dude, that's that's cool. This is just not who I thought you were going to be. I mean, and that's the thing. There's an angle there that can yeah. be really interesting, which is he's like kind of a sweet old grandpa, but everyone thinks he's this terrifying mercenary. Yeah. But he's trying to be a fucking crime story. lord. He's trying to be a crime lord. It's not like he's just trying to carve out a nice little swath of life for himself and be a farmer. No, he wants to be a fucking crime lord. Crime lords aren't nice. And, and honestly, I think... Well, okay, my hope is that that is part of the story, is that that's not really what he wants. What he wants is he wants a purpose. And, he, you know, he had purpose in going back to, to kill Jabba. And Jabba's already dead. 
And he's like, all right, well, then who's in charge? And he gets there and it's Bib Fortuna. And he's like, all right, well, I'll take care of you then. But then once he's done that, it becomes, all right, you won. So what now? And if they were giving us more of like him being conflicted and not really knowing what to do and how to act yeah. and how to react to things, that would be more interesting. Yeah. But uh, they aren't. And it, I don't know. Yeah. Like, good. Uh, no, I was going to say, I was going to ask if I could ask you guys something yeah, sure. uh, based, based on what you've said so far. Do you think it's redeemable? Like for these final two episodes, like is the series redeemable? Like I is think there so. is there something they can they is there some plot line or story like or angle that they can reveal that would maybe change your mind and like what's happened through the I'll say first four episodes since episode five he's not he's not even in. I think that you so I think that there is a way to finish the story and have it be interesting and engaging, but. I do not think that there is a way to recontextualize what we've seen so far because so much of that is just stuff happening. Like there's a lot of odd like visual choices. Um, and that's the thing. It's not, that's the most frustrating thing. It's not bad. It's just not as good as it could be. And with a couple like of a minor changes, Huh? Yeah, basically. Yes, like yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, I don't know. There, there are a couple of different angles that you could take on these characters and instantly uh, uh, ratchet up engagement. But they're... I don't know. I, I don't know what the what the MO of this show is supposed to be. And I think that's a I big... I don't think like, they know either, honestly. I th you know what? That, that, I think that's a big problem. I think that is a, a, a major aspect of this that I hadn't really considered. From the first episode of Mandalorian, I'll, I'll even go into the second one. What is what is his mission? Like you know instantly what he's what he's doing. The first episode he's there to uh, destroy an asset, and the second episode we realize like no, he's not going to destroy. It, he's going to be protecting it, and that is his job the whole first two seasons. We know what his motivation is. We know exactly what he's doing. And in Boba Fett, we're told that he wants to be this big crime boss, but everything he's doing is acting against that. So we don't really know what's happening. And, like, there's this mystery of, like, oh, who sent the assassins? Oh, it's Jennifer Beals. Do, is, is, that, is that still up in the air? Like, we're not sure who's doing that? Maybe it's the most famous other person who's also this gorgeous woman? Like, Yeah, right, yeah. Could it possibly be? Like, I I don't know. Maybe I mean, but who's like, playing it, both sides the whole time? Yeah, exactly. exactly. If yeah. it's not her, and they're just going to introduce another character out of fucking nowhere in the last two episodes, that's some bullshit. <laughs> but they might do that. And again, too, because what have we talked about with Star Wars? What do they love doing? They love acting like they're little kids with a giant box of Star Wars action figures, because like it would it would be so on brand for them at this point to be like, hey, remember this character from this thing from forever ago? They're going to show up. You're going to be like, oh, shit. That's all they're looking for is people to be like, oh, cool. They brought back Jim Jab Jim Adam. Like just some fucking ridiculous bullshit. 
because like that's that's all they're doing right now is they're just they're catering to this nostalgia. Honestly, there's a certain amount of this that I like though, where they're completely giving people who are Bo- Boba Fett fanboys the middle finger, where it's like you like this <laughs> badass secretive dude. Guess what? He loves puppies, and they're just like they're just like giving the finger to every single one of those fanboys. I like that in concept better than in practice because I hope I hope they have him like sitting there on the throne knitting like <laughs> like completely like blow every single aspect that you thought you knew about Boba Fett. Like I hope he's like there at a I, I complete dad mode. Put him in fucking white new balances. Have him grilling <laughs> like just being like, hey, who wants a hot dog? <laughs> like <laughs> I. I mean, honestly, that's think there's ways to do that. I, I think the idea of a story where Fennec has signed up with this bad motherfucker who just, like, straight up murdered an entire gang, um, which also, like, is almost certainly misdirection. Like, the, why would they kill all the Tuscan Raiders? Like, it's... Whatever. Um, she thinks that she's, she's, like, partnered with this bad motherfucker. And he's really just this broken-down old man that just wants to relax. Like he just wants to sit quietly and have dinner at four 30. <laughs> and so it ends up being like, like you could do like a comedy of errors kind of thing where she's constantly acting as like, you know, his right hand when really she's the one running shit. And, and Boba's just like, yeah, okay. I don't give a shit, whatever. Yeah. Mark it on my name. That's fine. Yeah. Great. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the next two episodes, more out of sort of a morbid curiosity than anything else. Yeah. But they they seem to be setting up a like big action action set piece, like her coming and finding Mando, and you know, and and really hitting on that button of like we need muscle, so we're bringing you in as well. Okay, you're setting something up now. Whether or not they're going to pay it off, that's anybody's fucking guess. Yeah. But it's thus far, um, to, 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 to go back to, to MC's question, I definitely think that they can end this in a way that ends up being satisfying. Will that make me want to go back and watch those previous episodes? Probably not. No. Um, but then again, like, who fucking knows? I, I, I'm at a loss, not because of like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. Like with Peacemaker, I don't know where that story's going to go but I'm very interested. Yeah. But with this, I'm like, I don't know where it's going to go because it's not following any kind of narrative logic that I can, that that I can make sense of. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally with you on this one. So I think that, God damn, this is the least, this is the, I wouldn't say most disappointed I've been with a star Wars property, but this is the first time that I've really questioned what the fuck they're doing. And like, with 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 last with uh Rise of Skywalker like that I knew that that was going to be a clusterfuck cuz I never had any faith in JJ Abrams but like with this everybody was talking about how great Filoni is how great Favreau is how great this team is and like this is the first time that they've actually kind of fucked up and dropped the bag and I'm curious how they're going to recover now could they fix it yeah maybe we'll see like you said you know it might be okay but like there's a lot of flaws here and there's a lot of issues here and like for for him to be a crime lord and be like you said, you know, in dad mode, it just doesn't make sense. So I mean, we'll we'll see what they do. I don't know. Like 
cool. I'll get to it. When, when's the new episode come out? Wednesday? I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it Friday. I, I'm not pressed on this. And that's the that's where they drop the ball too. Is that this is no longer appointment TV like Mandalorian was? No. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Well, and put maybe, it this way. Yeah. When when I I <laughs> so we're sitting down for dinner. And me and Katie are trying to figure out what to watch. I was like, well, let's watch Mandalorian first because we know it's going to be the lesser of whatever we're going to watch next. And she was like, then we should, should we just not watch it? I'm like, no, we're this far in. <laughs> like, and fucking thank God that we did. Cause that episode was dope. Um, yeah, right? yeah. but yeah, it just, I'm, I'm yeah. so much more interested. Like the, uh, the fact that, that, that Dana's gonna go and train with either like Ahsoka or Luke. Like that is fucking exciting. Yeah, right. I am so excited about that shit. And I'm also a Jedi fanboy though, so I mean that's I should, like. Thing. But that's the thing. On the surface, Boba Fett is in Mos Espa, and he is consolidating power in all of the organized crime because he's gonna be the new Godfather. That is a great fucking concept. And it's just boring. Yep. So I I mean I I, I yeah. as with all things that I'm particularly things that I'm I'm actively watching, I hope it ends up being good. Yeah. But thus far it's just been yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's been stuff. Yeah. It's been kind it's of funny good. in places. That's nice. Good way, good way to put it. Um so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, we are going to have a second episode with um, the crew and then also our guest, Mr. J. Della. Um, Jess has been the correspondent. As MC is the correspondent for all things uh, convention back before pandemic was a thing, uh, J. Della has been our Britney Spears correspondent who has been like our like inroad to all of the things that have been going on with this whole insane story that happened with her with the uh, conservatorship and what's been happening since she's been out of it uh, so we're gonna be talking about that next and then we'll probably have some other fun things to talk about as well so make sure you tune into the next episode of at the diner uh that will be featuring uh myself mc brooks james rambo and miss j dilla so for all of us here thank you so much for tuning into this episode thank you for being part of our wonderful podcasting family and remember together there are no heights that we can't reach Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, 
for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!